welcome to the Not Guilty Podcast. This is the podcast where three friends defend the movies we love even when the world tells us not to. You could call them guilty pleasure movies. When Rotten Tomatoes gives a movie 10%, we are that 10%. This week we look into our reflections as we avoid eye contact and review the movie Unbreakable, the 2000 film featuring Die Hard with a vengeance duo Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis. What's up, you guys? How's it going, players? This is Alex. This is uh, Kyle. This is Chris. And uh, this is Unbreakable. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Great. What's hey. up, players? Hey, good morning, everyone. Hey. Good morning, good morning. Ooh, it's almost lunchtime, actually. Hey, we uh, actually have a, a great Marvel film now. <laughs> First, we've had a great DC film. Now a great Marvel film. A great Marvel film. Well, uh, so you're, ta- you're referring to the fact that Wonder Woman was like our certified fresh DC film. Now we got a certified fresh Marvel film. Yeah, yeah finally. Mm-hmm. Finally. Marvel's getting on, on the band, DC bandwagon. It only took them nine years. <laughs> yeah. Is that when Iron Man came out? Yeah. Okay. Greatest Marvel movie. I just watched The Whoa. Avengers literally two mm-hmm. nights ago. Maybe. The original Avengers? Yeah, yeah. The first, well, I don't know what original means, but like Avengers one, the Joss Whedon yeah. Avengers one, yeah. <laughs> um, and it holds up. Honestly, I think it's overrated. It is overrated. I like it. There's not much to but, it. Yeah, there's like three set pieces. I enjoy controversial opinion. I enjoy this Age of Ultron better. What really? Yeah. Wow. I just didn't feel like Age of Ultron was uh, as good. I thought they both sucked. <laughs> you probably did. That's my review. Age of Ultron was just like not that good. Um, well, this week we're doing Unbreakable, which is a film from 2000, and it's our second M. Night film. 2000 and what? 2000. 2000 what? Y2K, man. Y2K, bro. This film oh. almost didn't happen, according to the uh, community at the time. Several people's parents. <laughs> Because uh, Y2K. Mm. All right. So this movie uh, was brought to uh, you this week by Chris. Uh, that's me. And, and yeah. why'd you bring the movie? All right. For a couple of reasons. Um, the reason I chose it this week was because um, it was sort of a response to Super, which is my last choice. Because I felt like they both, uh, they're two sides to one coin. They both uh, pr- like sort of explore the idea of a real-world superhero and just kind of like shows the darker aspects of it. This one, much darker than Super. All- mm-hmm. Super was much more of a dark comedy. This one was... Argue- Sorry. I this one got- was a romantic comedy. Yeah. I actually wrote down, this is almost like a superhero horror film in a way. Yeah. Like, it's not a horror film, but it's... Thriller, maybe. Yeah. But um, it sh- like it really does show kind of like the really ugly side of like what it'd be like to be a real superhero. Yeah, gritty. I mean, it's uh, it's an intense movie. It is. It's a very intense movie. Um, the second reason I uh, chose it just because like, at one point this w- I considered this my favorite favorite movie period. Yeah. Like, this used to be my straight up favorite movie, and even now, like when I watch it, I get chills because it was such an important movie to me for so long 
I'm 100% right there with you. I, I, I mean, because I saw this in theater, and at the time I was, I think, 16. Um, and uh, so watching this movie, I was like, I had to go get the soundtrack right away. Mm-hmm. I listened to that continually just so I could, like, relive the movie. You ever do that? Like, mm-hmm. see a movie you love and then just listen to the soundtrack over and over? For me, Interstellar, that, yes. Interstellar, that was for me, yeah. I mean, most recently for me, I think that was Gravity. I'm really uh, excited to see the Dunkirk uh, soundtrack. That's going to be yeah. interesting. Well, as long as we're talking about Hans Zimmer, this is sort of a <laughs> going to be a controversial one, but I love the Man of Steel soundtrack. Yeah, I, no, I it's too. it is that is the best part of Man of Steel. Well, I think we'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's good. I mean, it's a good. I think you know the soundtrack to this movie is probably one of the best parts about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Unbreakable. Uh, what was kind of the general uh, reception to Unbreakable? Um, it got, it got pretty, like, okay reviews. Like, it got 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, most people criticize the ending, uh-huh. um, specifically the twist, or just, really just the third act in general. Yeah. Um, a lot of people didn't like the tone. Like, <clears throat> the pressing came up a lot. Um, uh, like, Steve, yeah, here we go, Biodrowski. All right. Um, like he wrote overdrought melodrama. Okay. Overwrought, sorry. Overdrought. Yeah. Um <laughs> there, melodrama. It was not a drought. There was a there, lot of water no. in this movie. <laughs> there was a drought in uh in uh emotions. Mm. Uh well uh, or an overflow. You watch one your could say mouth, Kyle. <laughs> okay. You wash that. Um yeah, okay. So, uh, Kyle, can you kind of give us a little bit of a synopsis? We'll come back to some more reviews a, later just on. Just a tidbit? Just a, t- a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Well, how do we start out this movie? Um, We start out on a train. We see... Uh, <laughs> no? Oh, THX intro. No, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, THX. <laughs> THX again. I'm one- Here's what I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> I wonder if... if, if well, first of all, we we wouldn't see that THX intro if we watched on like Netflix or something. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's like for the the DVD or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is like when that pops up, that's about it immediately sends you on edge. I cut out like the first half of the movie because I'm still in shock from the THX intro. Yeah, it's still just a blur. Ooh, no. this is gonna be a confusing movie for you. Yeah, you only watched two thirds of it. Yeah. So opening scene. Uh, we hear a baby crying. Yeah, where where is this too? Because it says it in the in the card, but I can't remember. Was a department store. A department store. Yeah. Was okay. It really? Okay. Because mm-hmm. I was oh. like, is this a nightclub or what? So she had the baby in a department store mm-hmm. in 1961. <laughs> as one as one does. It was that was 1961 mm-hmm. in West Philadelphia. Well, yeah, <laughs> West Philadelphia. Born and raised. And like I said in our village episode. Um, M Knight was famous for at the time or or known for filming his movies around Philadelphia and in, in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. Sixth Sense um That's the only signs. I think that's the only Shyamalanism that I missed cuz I like took a note of everyone that I saw. Yeah. Is yeah. that where he grew up or grew up? Grew up. Is that yeah. where he grew up? <laughs> I I don't know. I'm not sure. I if I was a guessing man which I never guess. What's, if anybody knows me, they say, "What do you think?" I say, "You know what? I don't have all the facts. I really can't say." I'm I'm curious as to know what his obsession with West Philadelphia is, and that area in general. It's kind of like uh, uh, Stephen King with Maine. 
Yeah, what's, I guess. What's his say. obsession with it? He likes I don't know, it's it. Kind of like in that Shyamalan's obsession with Philadelphia. <laughs> I don't know. It's that just like kind of the same thing. I mean, all, right. all you really can say is that it's just kind of the same thing, but not at all. Um, so and so we come to find out that this baby is glass man glass man um elijah elijah elisha which one yeah. elijah elijah i prefer elisha oh yeah? yeah tell us about it or Why? elijah <laughs> elijah elijah mom no um so oh, we yeah. also opened up on touchstone r.i.p oh oh man yeah Is that touchstone was a good one no longer no, they're gone. Embedded? I think uh, didn't they didn't they become DreamWorks? Uh, did they? I don't no, know because DreamWorks already existed at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Because uh, this was the same year that Gladiator came out, which was brought to us by Great DreamWorks. Movie. Which the kid in Unbreakable was also yeah, in Gladiator. The That's right. Yeah. Whatever happened to that guy? I wonder if he Haley Joel Osment at all over I think he the place. Because <laughs> I looked at his IMDb before this and. He didn't do much once he got hit that puberty. <laughs> Pooh bear. <laughs> once he hit that poo bear. Uh, that's what I'm going to call it from now on. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> Haley Joel. So, yeah, we uh, the baby is born with some broken limbs. limbs. That's a crazy, intense, and emotional scene right at the top. It's pretty intense. It cheers yeah. up from there, though. Yeah. <laughs> One could argue not. Uh, <laughs> does Does it explain eventually, like, how it came with, or how he had broken arms and legs or something? Well, just his, his, his condition. Yeah, but what happened? Us, well, Genetics. He, he's just really delicate. He just, he's a little but, baby with... You can't, with a baby waddle. I mean, <laughs> with a baby I could, get, I could get into like the what goes on in childbirth. No, I, just, I don't just, want that. But I'm what I'm just saying is that if you have really delicate bones, that might. My my thing right. was it shows that the baby has been born for a while or has been alive for a while. So my question would be, well, wasn't the baby just born? Oh, was it just then? Yeah, it was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. She had just had the baby. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because the I'm I'm assuming that the lady in the room, lady in the water. Oh crap! Uh, <laughs> the lady in the room <laughs> um, had, had was either just somebody standing by or was a doula or something or I, I don't know, but she had that baby in the back of that department warehouse thing. Oh, and then also, um, um, yeah, it just uh, honestly that scene is like pretty well acted for what they're doing. I was impressed. I, I was uh, like I teared up a little bit in that scene i'm like oh my goodness it's just the gravity of this is so intense and the music is so intense and and um who did the music again john howard or something newton how john olivia olivia john man we'll uh, edit this out you're gonna say it and i'm gonna be like yeah him yeah him james um, newton howard james newton Howard, yeah um, his music was perfect for that scene because mm-hmm. yeah. it just it sort of gets it builds up. Yeah, and it and it gets going pretty, pretty, pretty well. I mean, gets you going, gets your noodle going. Cut, cut to opening credits just in time for the drums to kick in. <laughs> yeah, was the first opening credit that was uh, M Night, right? That was his signature. Maybe, probably. I think it like. <laughs> 
cut to a black screen. It was like M Night Shyamalan. Well, no, it by. was that was that's always the last credit. Produced Just by a little a little movie trivia. Directed um, by. <laughs> when it come when <clears throat> the last credits always gonna almost always gonna be if it has credits in the beginning you're always gonna see directed by last and then right before it you're gonna see written by. That has to do with like royalties and all kinds of stuff. All right, so we're we're on the train. And then what's happening here? We see a very depressed man. Sorry, hold on. The very first thing we do see that we haven't mentioned yet are the stats. Remember the stats on the comics? Oh, yeah. I didn't even pay attention to it. It doesn't really have anything to do with anything. There's no relevance to that. Yeah. I didn't understand. Sets the mood. It's just like, hey, this is going to be a comic book movie. Here's some here's some facts. But like a real one, you know what I'm saying? It yeah. I'll talk about the ending later, but it felt very sandlotish. <laughs> um yeah, comic book movie. Mm. Stats on the comics right at the jump. There's like uh you know, billions of copies sold every every day. Every hour. I guess. There's more comics than there are people in the world. Mm. Is there really? No, these are just made up stats. Mm. Uh but man, that music that music's so good. Um, so, first line of dialogue on the train. Um, David, we're introduced to David. This is uh, Bruce Willis's character, and she, he's approached by a woman, and she says, "Are you alone?" Not like, "Can I sit with you?" But she says, "Are you alone?" Which I think is very intentional, mm-hmm. because that's really the question that that we're kind of asking the entire movie maybe into that's kind of like the question that the movie posits is that is, is he the only thing? And then by the end of it, we kind of answer it a little bit. Um, it's all about finding your place in this world. Uh, yeah. So the whole train scenes like from the perspective of the, from the perspective of the little girl, correct. That's sitting in front of them, staring at them. That's from, oh, I didn't even catch that. That's but I what guess I maybe. What is it? The whole like perspective of the whole train scene is in the eyes of the little girl looking at the two mm-hmm. interaction. He's, you know, between the. <laughs> so it's like her POV seats. is like the whole the whole scene. It's like her POV. Mm-hmm. And the reason they did that is because uh, he uh, throughout the movie throughout the movie Shyamalan uh, frames frames it so that people are sort of isolated to create sort of like a comic book panel effect. Like oh, you're always uh-huh. you're always seeing people like between seats or through windows or doorways. Very interesting. Mm. Didn't know that. You know, at this time, this is kind of around the same time that Ang Lee's Hulk came out, and like <laughs> the Marvel franchise hadn't started yet. I think Spider Man just came out at this time. So Spider Man came out about two years later. Two years later. So yeah, it was getting so pretty it was close. Cl- it was close. So they hadn't really figured out the formula for these superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Batman had been done. The most recent superhero movie this at this point was, I think, maybe X-Men had come out, but Batman and Robin was kind of like the most recent. So like probably the biggest <laughs> the biggest problem with uh, Ang Lee's... Or the, at this time, they were kind of toying with different ways to do a comic book movie, which I like M. Knight's take on it as far as mm-hmm. like, how do you make these things kind of feel and look like comic book movies? And he took a darker approach that, you know, kind of more like some of the newer Batman comics and stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of, it has sort of a, uh, one of those, um, 
independent publisher comic book feels. Yeah. Like dark, sh- heavy yeah. shadows, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then you have like Ang Lee with Hulk that literally does, you know, panels of comic strips like in like with effects and transitions and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, kind of weird. Um, which that would be a good one to do too. Mm, I'd, be, I'd do it. Yeah. Even though it's, it's a weird movie. Have you it ever seen weird. the Hulk or Hulk? Um, it's just called Hulk. I think I have like a long time ago. Can't remember. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, <laughs> you it, could, you could basically put the whole movie in the, it makes some choice. Honestly, <laughs> it makes some choices. To be honest, the only superhero movie, the only superhero movie like I've truly remember is Iron Man. All the other ones. Not even Dark Knight or those movies. I saw Dark Knight Rises. That one was good. I like that. You one. didn't see Dark Knight. I saw the no. I saw the and whole Batman tri- Begins. The whole trilogy. Oh okay. Yeah. I just Dark Knight Rises was my favorite. That was your favorite. I know. I know. It's definitely the weak link. I'm also the guy who likes Phantom Menace. All right, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> oh, I'm the guy who likes Phantom Menace. Yep. So uh, <laughs> I'm the man of a million disguises. Now, I. <laughs> I have a question though. Um, so, like I said, during the whole train scene, it was from the perspective of the little girl. It cuts to a scene where it actually shows her face. Was there any relevance to her at all throughout the rest of the movie? The little girl? Yeah. Just um, make a another make a, casualty. <laughs> yeah, just, just make us like sad that she add dies. Some emotional weight. I yeah. think that's the same reason. Like they go through the like, uh, when he's sort of flirting with that girl and she tells him he's married. Aside from that, just being. One, it establishes the troubles that David is having with his um, his wife. Yeah. It also kind of develops that girl's character, adds some emotional weight to it when she doesn't survive the train crash. Yeah. yeah. That it, it could have been really heavy. Like, there was a couple ways to go even on that train sequence. Um, and at this point, I really made a note that up until this point, we've really not seen anything, and there's a lot going on here as far as... Um, big studio potential for big studio effects so right Mm -hmm. there's a train crash right but we never see anything and it's just done so well that it's like it's just a bit it's just a bright light yeah you just you didn't need to see you didn't need to see the train crashing for the effect to be had i liked how they didn't like use gore as a way to get your attention it was more emotion because it was was like it's like he takes, uh, he's taking a superhero story, but he's making it into a human drama. Exactly. Like downplaying everything. And that's what I, one of the things I always loved about it. Um, really good intentional scenes at the top. Mm-hmm. I, I loved both of those scenes. And then we get to this, basically, uh, uh, we start to find out that there's something different about David. And it's captured in the scene where... Um, <clears throat> where David is, uh, he, he's, uh, in a doctor's office and, uh, that, that when I think back to unbreakable and the scenes that really just make this movie, this is one of them. Why are you looking at me like that? Your train derailed some kind of malfunction. They only found two people alive so far, you and this man. His skull was cracked open and most of his left side was crushed. And to answer your question, there are two reasons why I'm looking at you like this. One, because it seems in a few minutes, 
that you will officially be the only survivor of this train wreck. And two, because you didn't break one bone, you don't have a scratch on you. And really, the thing, the takeaway dialogue is what happens after it. Yeah. Where he's walking and he's like... Oh, that, like, that know, part cuts deep. Like, where he walks out and the family is looking at him. Like, every family of the people that have died. And again, it's like... Um, <clears throat> it, it's sort of the dark side of being a superhero. It's like, right off the bat, he's smacked with, like, a bunch of survivor's guilt. Like, yeah. All those families who just lost someone are... And he's he has to walk out being the only... The sole survivor. Yeah, um, and so it also establishes kind of a unique thing is that his family is really involved in this story, which mm-hmm. is different from a lot of comic book characters and superheroes mm-hmm. in the fact that they have some family, but this is like a dad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, you know. Your average Joe. So, I mean, like even Batman has, you know, Alfred and, you know, but they none of them, he's not responsible to any of them. Mm-hmm. St. Peter Parker and Aunt May. I mean, it, like he's not the provider of his family. You know what I mean? Kind of like this character is. So it makes me think too, because you know we're we're a year out from a sequel to the a true sequel to this movie, and I'm wondering. You know, it's been 18 years by the time this sequel comes out, Glass, and it. I have a big question: is like how what role is his family going to play in this movie? Wait, what? What's happening? <laughs> So they're making a sequel, a true sequel to Unbreakable. Oh, are they yeah, really? Yeah, and it's called Glass. I did not know this. Yeah, and I think the release is supposed to be 2018. It might be 2019, but... It, and it's about Glassman? I don't know what it's about. They, I don't, they, no one knows. Oh. Well, I think it's going to be kind of like the merging of Unbreakable and Split. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. What, because, uh, you know, spoilers for Split... And I know you guys haven't seen it. Well, no, I'm not going to spoil it because you guys haven't seen it yet. Well, I know how it ends. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay, so basically um, Split is about... I'm not going to spoil it. It's about. A, I'm assuming it's about another person <laughs> I can't in do the it. World. I can't do it. I'm assuming it's about another person in the world who has powers. Yes, you could kind of say that. And Somebody who can physically alter their body by choice. Is yeah. basically and Dr. Glass about. is trying to persuade him to... Professor Glass. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I didn't want to make that big of a so, relation to X-Men. but um, Sort of a little bit of trivia that kind of relates to Split. It's um, it's strongly implied that... You remember the kid and the mom uh, at the field that one time? Like, he bumps into the mom. It's implied. Yeah. Uh, there's, it's strongly implied that that kid is Split. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, the one who's, like, abused or something like that, and then he yeah. gets cut off. Oh, yeah that was at the stadium yeah um man there's gonna be some kind of relation to it you just know there is Mm -hmm. and and watching split because um you know we're gonna be talking about that a lot because that is kind of resurrected this movie i think to some degree unbreakable because the twist at the end of split every m night's gonna have a a twist in it i don't know about the sucky ones but yeah (laughs) <laughs> sometimes the twist is not a twist <laughs> the twist is that there is no twist yeah um so with this movie or with split i'm waiting the whole time i said okay what's this what's the twist gonna be so i'm asking myself the whole time and then all of a sudden i hear the music and that's the only thing i hear and i'm like <gasps> and i'm with a couple people and i start tapping i'm like we're gonna see bruce willis we're gonna see bruce willis and then sure enough it pans over and bruce willis is eating in a cafe and i was like Oh my gosh, that's so that's cool. cool. 
your little 16 year old self was ecstatic it's so cool it's so cool John McClane what I'm gonna do here (laughs) and so I had to go listen to the music after that because I was so (laughs) stoked so is the Unbreakable song on the split soundtrack I would say no. It's no. like I didn't hear any resemblance to it until the end. It is a and split to give split the benefit like split is not a. I would not classify it as a drama. I'd classify that more as a thriller mm. slash horror movie. It's a lot more intense than than Unbreakable, and it's not as. Uh, I mean, there's not. It's really about one person. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's multiple characters, but really you about two people um you really only get attached to a couple people and um so then it's not like you you like unbreakable you love split or you love split you'll like unbreakable it's not necessarily like a guarantee of either of those but they are the same universe kind of like cloverfield and 10 cloverfield yeah Mm -hmm. that's a good series so yeah the practical effects i think really helped um m night it makes m night a better director Mm-hmm. Because his worst movies are the, probably the biggest budget ones. Yeah, Last Airbender. Yeah, Ugh. I mean for no, sure. That's yeah. It's not even a film. And so when he goes back to his roots of of you know Split, The Visit, these inexpensive movies, but with he hasn't quite done one that's like as heavy of a drama as the first as Signs, um, Unbreakable. Uh, Sixth Sense and The Village, they all are like the same genre of movie. So mm-hmm. is is Signs in any way related? I think we talked about this once of like how... Oh, the Shamaverse? Sh- yeah. The Shamaverse. Um, well, the aliens... I've never <clears throat> seen Signs, so... Okay, so in Signs, um, let's see. So um, another Shyamalanism in that is there's a car wreck in um, Ooh, Signs. And his wife, who, spoiler alert, is killed in the car accident it's not really a spoiler it's kind of sets the plot yeah in a way. It's, got, it's you know you know she's gone yeah but um she has like premonitions yeah. of the others and the aliens and signs are like allergic to water oh. oh i wonder if he's one of the aliens maybe maybe that's how he got his mm-hmm. who who might be one of the aliens david dunn oh. bruce willis bruce willis uh let's see what else because he's else? allergic to water um, he's not really allergic to you it. think like because of the wreck <laughs> some aliens kind of picked him up during the wreck and uh we don't know what caused that wreck and touched him exactly <clears throat> oh yeah um all right so let's let's go through the shaman verse we got the sixth sense we got a kid who can see dead people yep he can see a guy who looks just like david dunn oh oh that yeah a big plot hole if this is a <laughs> running theory <laughs> it's okay he had more hair oh, okay Different guy. okay okay um Let's see. Uh, and he, he, you always knew there was a dead guy when there was um, a red around, red around. I need to watch it color. again and then pay attention to that aspect of it. Yeah. I've seen it recently, though, in the last couple of years or so. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. But so the ba- the dead people represent the bad color from the village. Okay. So next up, we have Unbreakable, which is where we learn about the Unbreakables. Um. So we're talking about that right now. We'll get back to it. Then we have Science, which we already talked about again. Yeah. Then we have The Village. We have The Bad Color. And we have... Um, what's she her can, fa- She can kind... She's blind, even though she can see auras. 
Yeah, she's kind of like Daredevil, where it's like, what is your power again? <laughs> um, what can you do again? Uh, it, I've got sonar. Speaking of the village, it never shows her perspective on no. the world, which is interesting. I thought he would. Although it's kind of a Shyamalan, like, it kind of fits Shyamalan's yeah. minimalistic uh, way of okay. approaching. He had a good, he had a good head on it. his shoulders. I mean, now signs. That's when he kind of opens it up and does a lot more CG and stuff, and the aliens look fake as crap. Yeah, well, even then, like, to his credit, like, um, the when you see the aliens, it's always, like, on a blurry camera or yeah. in shadows or something. Or Up until the ending. Yeah. Well, even at the, even at the end, like, you it's still pretty obscure. I like, mean, like I'm talking, like, the in. very end when you see... I mean, but, yeah, yeah you're right. And, it's, like, even then, like, a lot of it is Shyamalanism seen from the reflection on the TV. Yeah. You're totally right, or through a glass, or something like that, through some water. Mister Glass. I've got to, I've got to say that those, all of those reflection scenes, there were so many of them. You well, didn't like them? I thought they it, were cool. It, no, it was, yeah, it was cool, but it kind of got annoying after a while. His name is Mister Glass. Which, I thought it was so, because I, <clears throat> I never really noticed it before this one. I mean, and then as we're watching it, I'm kind of going, uh, you know, how have I not just yeah. realized that this there. Oh, that's me. Uh, they, there's an entire scene where um, Elijah and his mom, and th- th- this is one of those M Night things. It's a flashback, and then it we open up on a kid mm-hmm. or some character literally doing nothing but staring at yeah out in space. And uh, so he uh, he's looking at the TV. The TV's not on. Guess oh man, you're you're really depressed if you're just looking at a TV that's not on. That's how we know he's depressed. All I want to watch is myself <laughs> crying out myself. Um, one of the reviews by Joe Lozito is the dialogue has more pauses than a high school production of Samuel Beckett. And this is pre Twilight days, mm-hmm. so after Twilight, I think we can kind of handle it now. Yeah. But anyway, so that whole that that whole entire scene is done in the reflection of a TV that's off. Mm-hmm. That's two minutes of screen time, but it works. Mm-hmm. I thought it works crazy. Again, well. it, it's kind of like the TV is like a comic book panel again. Yeah, it's another. Yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't. I wouldn't not put it in that context. But I think that's really Chris, good. what you just said about him being Mister Glass. That kind of ruined it even more for me. Like all of the reflection scenes, because I was like, "That's just kind of cheesy at that point." Build up, it's foreshadowing. Cheesy or smart? I think that's what you mean. Uh, I mean cheesy, (laughs) but it is a bunch of glass. You know, that's what that's what glass does. It reflects, and so that was his job in life is to reflect the image of this universe. Now, this scene with him and his mother and him like getting the comic book—that's like, um. Ow. This movie really uh, appealed to me as a awkward high schooler mm. who loved comic books. So like, we all went through that phase in high school where we were like, I didn't. Who am I? No, of course you didn't. <laughs> you know, you knew who you were from the get go. Yep. But who um, am I? But um, and when he gets the not Superman comic, which I love that just because like it uses uses the same font as Action Comics. Uh-huh. Um. I mean, even like the little the AC like logo at the top, which is like a fake knockoff of DC. It's like just like it was in the '60s. It's he was so referring cool to, to the um, the band ACDC. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, but um, yeah, it just anyway. um, 
as an angsty high schooler, like this idea of like find not knowing your place in the world is like, oh, this movie speaks to me. <laughs> Did but anyone? That was a great scene. Like his it mom was, really was such a good actress. Oh, that that in the reveal of it and stuff, and him him opening the and it's the like purples everywhere. It's a purple mm-hmm. wrapping paper. It's a, it's just a cool. I just think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Which of course um, Samuel L. Jackson insisted to be purple. Yeah, that's his favorite color. Yep. Like he had the purple lightsaber in Star Wars. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nah. Cool. I wonder if this was just the beginning of that. I. I want to backtrack real quick to Go the train it. crash. Okay. Um, is it weird to anybody else that whenever Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Bruce Willis get uh, star in a movie together, there's always a train crash scene because Die Hard with Vengeance. <laughs> oh, train. There's man. probably other things too. I wonder if they're. Yeah. You know, I really hope they do get back together for this movie. I'm not your old friend. Oh, remember? And even at the end, he mentions that you know sometimes the nemesis is the friends they're good friends yeah and die hard with vengeance he's like you're not my friend but uh, and they ended up becoming yeah. friends it this took like four a- movies because this was their fourth movie together was it what yeah. were the other ones uh loaded weapon okay, um, which that. i've never seen that yeah um pulp fiction yep and which they're not together in that no. none of their scenes are together but yeah and then die hard yeah would avenge would avenge would avenge they saw each other impress um and uh there there's so much like foreshadowing and stuff like that in this movie too so many hints that it it definitely warrants a second and multiple viewings after that mm-hmm. but um where mom says uh they say this one has a surprise ending I was like foreshadowing <laughs> the camera effect too where it spins around the comic and that stuff that was kind of cool I remember that you know as a kid going that was really cool looking yeah. and I always I would watch this movie and look forward to that comic book spinning around yeah, like it's that. like it's really like it's calming yeah it's like we I need a screensaver of that for my computer and this is also where um Bruce Willis's character is starting to question you know, who he is, his identity and stuff, because a lot of what Elijah is saying is making sense to him. And, um, you know, his, this is kind of where he brings his justification into it. At this point in the movie where Elijah says, you know, I realize that, you know, I'm at one end of the spectrum when it comes to mm-hmm. being fragile or, um, able to get sick. And he's like, I've always wondered if there's somebody at the other end. Mm-hmm. And just how which raises belief. the question: Does do you think Mister or Elijah actually had like osteogenesis imperfecta, or do you think he just like many spoiler villains do? Mm-hmm. He got like the raw end of like a superhero deal, like mm-hmm. he had. I'd just, say I'd say he believes it, and that's really. I think that's the important thing. Or yeah. maybe they kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Like there's just a name for that. Yeah. Um, but I would be interested in like, so basically what you're saying is like, is it science or is it like just a supernatural thing? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, but I think that's, a, that's just like, what's cool about this movie too, yeah. is the, those type of questions. How it just doesn't explain some things. <laughs> well, I mean, Sixth Sense doesn't either, Yeah. but you know, you totally accept it and, um, I don't think you, it's really I, cool. I feel like as long, like movies don't have to explain everything. No. They don't have to spoon feed you as long as. As long as this remains intact, like it doesn't have to have all the information there. Yeah. 
you know, and there are when it comes to to writing movies and stuff like that, you just have to be consistent with the type of world and the rules that this world lives by. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's really tough for me in Superman. Not necessarily any particular thing, but just the the hero of Superman is because, and it might just be because I haven't read enough comics and stuff about Superman, but he seems so immortal that it's hard to feel the stakes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why he's not particularly one of my favorite superheroes but batman he's got everything to lose he's a complete mortal there's nothing well i have some as a comic book reader i hate i'm getting so sick of batman oh yeah like he's the human so he's supposed to be like the relatable but he's such a mary sue it's like he always Uh, has something in his utility belt yeah like he like he literally had a plan like has this plan that like takes down the entire justice league oh wow so is that a spoiler for the justice league movie Wait a minute. Let's hope not. <laughs> Batman hope. takes down the whole Justice League? Well, it's it's the story. I think it's called... Ah, uh, man. I forgot what it's called. Um, the Tower of Babel or something like that. But basically, oh, wow. he ha- he has this contingency plan where if one of them went rogue, he had a plan to take down all of them. And a villain finds that plan and he, he uses it. So, oh, that's a pretty good story. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds like Suicide Squad. Great movie. We'll get to it, though. <laughs> Uh, so one of the things, one of the running storylines too, is um, just uh, that the question of has has David ever been sick or injured? He does this. He takes this one scene, and you know, at the time, you don't really think much of it, but he looks for his gun. You know, he sees his gun in the closet, and then he remembers that there's a folder up there. So it's kind of the thing that we talked about about uh, seeking a friend for the end of the world. And one of the things I hate is like a shoebox in the closet. Yeah. But they add originality to it because it's not a shoebox. It's just a folder with mm-hmm. newspaper clippings. But it's the so, same thing. But it feels original to me. I think that's well, kind of like. I feel I feel like it works a little better here just because yeah. it's uh, he's keeping tracks of things that he doesn't really understand about himself. Like he's trying to find answers. Yeah. It's not like memories. Yeah. Yeah, it feels yeah, and I guess that might be why it's even in a folder like that. Mm-hmm. It's not memories; these are you know. I wasn't a huge fan of the gun reveal because yeah. like he's like, "What is this again?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point in movies. You know, when they like, I, I just needed to make sure I still had this thing, so audience, you knew that this thing existed. <laughs> yeah. So just sort of a sidebar, um, you know how they're always they're like one thing they're doing a lot right now is like doing TV reboots of older movies, like yeah. Lethal Weapon. I feel like this would make a good one. Yeah, I can see that. Like it's, it had sort of pa- the pacing of like a pilot almost. Yeah, and you can just see it working. You know what I mean? It's it would be it's tough, and that's that's why I don't really enjoy a lot of the superhero um, TV shows is because. The quality is so bad in them mm-hmm. that it, it you know, the it's Flash hard. is pretty good though. Yeah, I heard the Flash is really good. I need to check that out. I think. Do you think the kids could watch it? I think so. I, think, okay. I mean, it's it's, not, it's it's a teen, four teens pretty much. Yeah. But it's like, it has a pretty, it gets pretty complex, like the story, like the time travel stuff. But it's yeah, pretty kid friendly. Yeah, I think it'd be good. Um, so we were just kind of transitioning into something else, I think. She mentioned, or he mentions that villains have disproportionate heads, which is why Elijah, or Elijah Wood. <laughs> Elijah Woods? So that was why Elijah um, had that Frederick Douglass hair. Yeah, that. <laughs> which um, the trivia points out, um, Frederick Douglass has glass in his name. Really? Yeah, Doug Glass. Oh, 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> I wonder if that was intentional, too. <laughs> uh, shortly after the scene, too, is a, a crazy, crazy emotional scene. That, like I said, there are a few, there are scenes in this in in this movie that I just have stuck with me over the years. I think like the first one talking about the reveal of him being unbreakable from that the only survivor mm-hmm. of the train crash. Mm-hmm. This one here where glass falls down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that scene was brutal. Yeah, and then the way it's done too is just really intense. It and, is. and his uh his glass cane shattering and yeah. then it's just, you know, you feel the weight of that going into you're like, oh man, I know it's getting ready to happen. Yeah. yeah. But I don't want to see it. And then you see boom, boom, you know. And I thought it was interesting that his cane was made of glass mm-hmm. and it shattered along with him. I yeah. thought that was a really cool. That was uh Samuel Jackson's idea. Mm. The glass that was cane. So cool. That was good. He's a good idea, man. Yeah, he's great. I mean, that's why you that's why you get Samuel L because he's gonna bring it. You know oh, what I mean? One thing I love about this is this is before um, snakes on a before Samuel Jackson became snakes on a plane in every movie. Yeah, this is when he still played characters. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And th- and it's a captivating character. Mm-hmm. It's totally original. Yeah, and I love. It. I mean, he, there are moments, especially in the top at the beginning. There's a scene where he's kind of um, oh it's the guy in the art gallery mm-hmm. and the guy wants to buy the thing for his kid and he goes a little Samuel L. Jackson a little him. bit <laughs> no 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 <laughs> excuse me you're gonna give this to a little infant this sir is a work of art I thought that was really cool yeah I, I loved it though loved all of that uh-huh. like he's he's definitely like my favorite character I'd say in the movie um, and, and then uh you know, it's not necessarily one of those standout scenes, but it is one of my favorite scenes is the workout scene mm-hmm. with his son. And they keep adding weights to it to see exactly how much he yeah. can lift. It's just another cool reveal Yeah, in there. I don't know. That, no. I, I liked it. It just, it was cheesy at some points, though. What, uh, what defined cheesy? This movie was just, it was dorky to me. Oh man! In, in some areas, now overall, it was a good movie, uh-huh. but some I areas such a good would... reveal though of his strength. I don't know what what else you would. I yeah. think it's so so cool that he didn't know how to how much he could even lift, bro. <laughs> this is when I was starting to think about the sequel, Glass Two, mm-hmm. at this point, and just go like, "What is this universe going to be?" Because now he's kind of figured out that he's definitely unique. He's definitely mm-hmm. different, and Elijah has been right about so many things. And then the twist being, uh, being the, the halfway conflict, being that wait a second, no, I almost drowned when I was a kid. It's a good, it, I, I did think it had really good pacing because it revealed things at, little by little while sort of dissecting the all the archetypes of a superhero. Yeah, or I not never, necessarily archetypes, but in um, this movie, I didn't find any like filler scenes at all mm-hmm. every everything had a reason mm-hmm. and i liked that a lot in the original script there's actually like a whole nother act almost really? Oh, really he took out a lot because he just like he took out almost everything he could that just didn't really add anything to the I, plot i bet that's going to be part of glass mm-hmm. um maybe it'll be some sort of like flashback thing or like that's what you i was going to see kind of everything in between now and then mm-hmm um, you know, one of the things, too, uh, that I made a note of is just that how similar this movie is to Inception. And the reason I compare it to Inception, too, is because um, 
people who have a problem with Inception and I, I'm assuming Unbreakable 2 is because it spends so much time um, explaining itself. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes Inception a little harder to watch um, a second time because so much of it is telling you what this movie's about or mm-hmm. how the universe works that it's in that you can get bored with it because um, because you already know the, all the answers. I think Unbreakable does a really great job though because um, and same thing with Inception. I mean, it's it's such a good movie, um, but you know most of the movie is really just building to the ending. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. how Unbreakable is too. Is that it's it's a movie that just every scene reveals a little piece, not necessarily of a story, but of a reality of this universe. And then the last act is really nothing more than the payoff for what we've had to endure the whole movie. The, um, um, I've always thought of it like the, this movie is like the just the first act of they took the first act of the hero's journey and just made that into a movie. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, exactly. An origin story. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the scene where um, his son tries to kill him? Golly, yeah. Jeez. We can. Well, we determined whether they were friends or not. Which was <laughs> yeah, that's right. A pivotal uh, moment in their relationship, the father-son yeah. relationship. Yeah. And answers his question of if he's alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you think he would have been killed by that bullet? I feel like the world is real enough to what definitely it wouldn't have just bounced off of yeah. him. Okay, so that superpower of him being able to see what like the bad things that people have done, that only grew because of his uh I guess like honing it in is what it seems like. It kinda I mean it kinda raises the question how much did he know before Elijah came in? Which I mean I think it I think the answer would be he did he knew something was off. He just didn't. It nothing was like stood out enough. You're talking about Elijah, or sorry, um, David. Like, yeah. How much did he know about himself beforehand? Yeah. Because I mean, we saw from the clippings and the flashback that he like tore the door off uh, of the car. So he um, knew he was strong. Yeah. So it, like he didn't, but it just like he didn't know he was super strong. No. That's his superpower is that he just sees the bad things that people have done. So to some degree, it, it, what it can, what it does is it doesn't, I'm not sure exactly how helpful it is other than stopping future crimes like that, but it's not preventative. You know what I mean? Like the person has to make a better detective (laughs) than he would like going out and stopping crime. Yeah. He's more of like picking up, the trash or whatever than he is you know he's but i mean that is part of justice yeah. i guess so he only sees <clears throat> he currently only sees things that have already happened correct yeah but so he doesn't know how your, long ago they were your case of the future of him brushing up against the boy to see what you know of the, of the little boy you know that said that he could be the guy from split well it was the it was the mom wearing the pink coat he okay. brushed up against her and it sound you heard the voice of the little boy and basically like she was abusing him or something like that. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And All I've right. got to watch Split again with that in mind because yeah. I think because I can't remember if there's a lot about his mom or not in it. I can't remember mm-hmm. at all, but there, I'm sure there is a reference to it. So interesting. <clears throat> and I'm wondering if Pink Coat stands out at all or anything yeah. like that. Because that well, be, ooh, we can talk about colors now. I'll yeah, do that. yeah. Another Shyamalanism. Uh, there's a <laughs> Color is very important in this. Now, um, 
from what I saw and confirmed by trivia, there's not a whole lot of significance to the color other than it's just sort of a uh, superhero um, pillar. Mm-hmm. Like uh, everyone has kind of like their theme colors. So every character has their own theme colors. Yeah. So David has uh, green. Um, uh, Elijah has purple. Yep. So. And yeah. then uh, even the the bad, the villains or whatever, they mm-hmm. all have their own kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. The <clears throat> the guy in orange, he's kind of the the big bad guy or whatever. Yeah. In it. And um, now, Chris, I remember <clears throat> you mentioned when we were watching The Village how in his flashbacks mm-hmm. in Unbreakable, he the bad people only see he only sees the bad people in color. Everything else is in black and white. Mm-hmm. So I came into this movie with that mind, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" That, it it kind of made the movie a little better for me yeah. to see that the co- the color correlation, I guess, yeah. with all of mm-hmm. M Night's movies. Now they were all different colors, like uh, even the the guy who does the date rape thing mm-hmm. was like in a green. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it was, you know, There's and that's a, all really intense stuff that, yeah. but that scene is amazing that's when, a great he, when scene. he's in grand central station or whatever that Go is where people are. Yeah. And then he's in that train station. He just opens his hands up and that's when the cool music kicks on, <laughs> opens his hands up and brushes people. <laughs> and he sees that's all this terrible train stuff, stations. but I, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, it really does. It, yeah. it is really cool. And I, um, yeah, that scene is just like. Oh my gosh, that's mm-hmm. another standout scene too. That I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see this scene in this movie. Yeah. <clears throat> now there's a fan theory which I am believing less and less after okay. watching this, but that each color represents a type of crime, essentially a type of sin or something yeah. like that. And so when you see other people with those colors, that means just that's kind of like what their thing is. So that raises the question: like we see at the train station, there's like this. I don't know if it's like a basketball team or what, but they're all wearing like purple jerseys or something. Oh, like, okay. Ooh, what are they up to? Oh, something okay. big. So like purple is like the really crazy yeah. messed up stuff. Orange is like murder, I guess. Mm-hmm. Pink is like I guess child abuse or something like that. Yeah. Um, man, that would be crazy though. I guess we'll find out in Glass. Mm-hmm. Because that it would either confirm or <laughs> that not be a reality, or just ignore it, <laughs> or just ignore it. He could do that. Um, the final showdown in the bedroom, I think is just so well done too. the curtains through the Mm -hmm. curtains and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Oh my gosh. Like so cool Mm -hmm. to reveal the, it reveals him walking up on the mom who's attacked, like, uh, like tied to a, a heater or something like that. And then he walks outside and then, uh, and then behind, he's looking for the guy or whatever. And then behind him appears the the mega bad dude or whatever. Yeah. Just kidding. Hey, can we uh, talk about the pool scene? Uh-huh. What did you guys think of I the pool scene? Uh, the scene likely with the pool. impossible. What do you mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really cool. I liked the way it, they yeah. did it. Like, yeah. Because um, it's like... Suspenseful. It's, it's reveal, the reveal that he was like in a pool. It's like, oh, that's not good. No, it ain't good. And the way it does it too, yeah. I was like, golly. I thought it was somewhat interesting. If you say cheesy, I'm going to throw it into a pool. I I really like that scene. Okay. I did not like how just a few scenes back over the phone, it was, 
your weakness is water. <laughs> and so he decides, oh. It's a little bit better performed than that. <laughs> Hi, your weakness is water. <laughs> it's your kryptonite. I was like, Superman. This back when uh, Robert Duvall was cast as Mr. Glass. <laughs> The the whole that whole part of the story I wasn't a fan of just because mm-hmm. I was like oh okay I was I knew that his one weakness was going to show up eventually yeah but the way they well it'd be bad writing if it didn't yeah I know right at first I thought oh Mr Glass is going to come in last minute and save him somehow I don't know I didn't I didn't really know but, yeah um, but it turns out no he's saved himself out of sheer willpower it is not his kryptonite he came well, to find out the girls saved him. The ones that, yeah, the remember how they stuck the pool cleaner thing? Oh, they stuck the back end of it in there, and he grabbed it, and they pulled him out of the water. I didn't see that part. I just saw him struggle, but then his hand go over the edge of the no. He pool. they pulled him out of the water, and then he oh, put his hand on the edge of the pool. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay, because I was uh, I was about to say, how did he come out of that? That was pretty interesting. Yeah, I actually forgot about um, the girls helping him because otherwise. Yeah. It would have been a very disappointing weakness yeah, if he was if he able to just still... swim. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> why do you think he can't? Why do you think it is his weakness? I mean, like, do you think it's just? Do you think his body just physically can't swim because it just sinks or something like that? Because said they like he sat on the bottom of a pool for five minutes when well, he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Even Mister Glass can't swim. He has trouble with water. Yeah, and yeah, but when... he's not. He doesn't sink to the bottom just because you know. Well, so far we as we know. Well, yeah, we don't know that. Let's let's do some testing. <laughs> Wait, were you saying that because he was like so strong that he was like too <laughs> heavy? Was, yeah, it's like he has no buoyancy or oh, something like that. That's actually kind of an interesting theory. I I'm oh, wondering that. I mean, because huh. it wouldn't really. I mean, just learn how to swim, bro. Seriously, you know what I mean? <laughs> then no more weakness. But I, what I'm wondering is that he can't float. He physically can't do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and one of the things too is that his it's raining constantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In those scenes, too. I don't really know what the significance of that, other than that just looks cool. But. Well, it, it's where he gets his superhero, quote-unquote, uh, uniform, which is yeah. a raincoat. Or a, yeah. A, yeah. Or whatever it is. A poncho. Poncho, yeah. Poncho. Yeah, we so, haven't had a superhero man. with a poncho yet. <laughs> yeah. Not to go to the to the very end, but... Um, uh, so we, we go back, and it's just... A, uh, that scene is so cool when he, when he goes to his wife, and... Um, and says that uh you know it's it's um that he had a bad dream i have that in my notes too i love it it's yeah. over now it's like i that always really got me because it's just it feels way more real than yeah. most hollywood relationships like there's so much vulnerability there and just raw honesty And that's how we know as an audience that they've worked it out, that mm-hmm. he has hope for their marriage, because that's basically what he reveals to her was the thing that made him question the marriage is that he had a bad dream and he never told her about it. Yeah. <clears throat> Which I was like, man, that is that is good filmmaking right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was kind of like cool. The reason he um, gives up like his dreams of being a football player and yada, 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 is uh, just because he wants to protect his relationship with his 
then girlfriend, future yeah. wife with Audrey. Um, For love. Yeah, it's like he initially chooses mediocrity. I I wrote he chooses me in a mediocrity. I wrote it, I spelled it properly, <laughs> uh, but to appease others. But it's only after he accepts his gift that he can be the man she needs and the father Joseph needs. Yeah. yeah. During the whole beginning, when he didn't know he had the powers, he was super depressed because mm-hmm. he didn't know his purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has a purpose now. He sees that it is to protect people. And so it fills him with joy. Because remember during, I think he, um, after that whole fight scene in the house, the next morning when they were talking, he was just happy. And, yeah. Um, and like mm-hmm. he actually felt like he accomplished something in it. And I think that's what like furthered his relationships mm-hmm. with his wife and his son because they actually saw him as a normal person filled with joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love how his son's in on it too. Yeah. And he slides the paper over to him. And he says, hey, this is this He's kind of like his Robin. Yeah. Well, I funny you should say that because he's wearing green in the last scene. Is oh, yeah? Really? Yeah. But does so, that color mean something bad? <laughs> Maybe it's just a sidekick thing. Maybe. And then in the end, we revealed that Glass has been mm-hmm. behind. I, I really like sort of the preamble to the reveal with yeah. the, with uh, David talking to the mother. Yes. Where she just kind of like um, explains... Because he just, she, the two types of villains. There's the soldier villain, I think she calls him. Yep. Who like fi- fights with his fist, which we just saw with Orange. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then there's the arch enemy, who's just like who plays mind games and is the complete opposite. Some just men like, just want to watch yeah. the world burn. Yeah, and it just it segues, it like it segues and prepares you for the ending without like straight up giving it away. Yeah. So Samuel L. Jackson, not not only all right. So this was kind of the thing that I forgot about. So <clears throat> he causes three massive deaths uh, in the Philadelphia area. An airplane uh-huh. blows up or something. We don't really know what. A hotel catches on fire and everybody in it is dead. And then the train crash that reveals Bruce Willis's character. Um, but then we see all these newspaper clippings all over his wall. And it's like things everywhere that have Mm -hmm. happened so that only leads us to believe that he's like murdered thousands of people and that's one of the things that i i don't like to think about too much is like just uh how do you orchestrate something that kills everybody like how do you know that's gonna work because yeah that's that's kind of rare yeah and i I guess what he's trying to do too is not necessarily kill everybody as many people because he follows up with Mm -hmm. all the ones that survived yeah or the ones that didn't get injured. Mm-hmm. I guess that's really what he's looking for, which is super dark. That's a dark thing. Yeah. My my thing was be would uh, my thing would be, what is he trying to get out of it? Is he trying to find his his nemesis? Well, uh, M. Night Shyamalan actually has a quote about this movie that kind of explains that it's uh, good cannot exist without evil, and evil cannot exist without good. Mm-hmm. So without like without. A David Dunn, Elijah doesn't know his place in this world, mm-hmm. which oh, that's even you. like the line he ends with. Let me see if I yeah. can pull it up real quick. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, the whole the whole line is, uh, you know what the scariest thing is to not know your place in the world, to not know why you're here. That's just an awful feeling. I almost gave up hope. There, there were fo- there were so many times I questioned myself, but I found you. So many sacrifices just to find you. Now that we know who you are, I know who I am. I'm not a mistake. Yeah. Like, I love that line. Yeah. Like, that is crushing. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, and i that's why I think um, this movie stands out as far as 
just a compelling hero and an antagonist because he's so complicated. Mm-hmm. He's he wanted he wanted something good in this world so bad that he became the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And so it's it's almost like for him the ends justify the means to mm-hmm. some to to find that thing or to prove that this is a reality which is his whole existence. Yeah. But you also have his backstory. And so you identify and even his mom says it that, you know, um or uh, Bruce Willis's wife, um, Robin Wright, um, mm-hmm. she even mentions that sometimes people hurt, get hurt so much that their brains start to get hurt too, or something mm-hmm. like that. And just meaning that you know, he spent so much of his life in pain and all that stuff that it just doesn't that doesn't even mean anything to him anymore. I think to yeah. some degree. Um, so, you know, having such a complicated character, but at the same time somebody who's kind of likable. Like, yeah, you don't want to not see him anymore. <laughs> the, I think Shamala went with, cause we talked about this in the village with Noah and he ta- tries to tackle these serious, um, these serious topics along with, and so, yeah, so he tries to tackle these serious topics. So in unbreakable, he's trying to tackle this topic with a guy that has endured so much pain and so much he becomes numb he eventually loses his mind. But yeah, it, he he's such he's is the best character in the movie. Like he's it's such a crazy cool and heartbreaking yeah. um motive for a villain. Yeah. Uh one thing it brings to mind too is just because Kyle we were watching this together, whenever there's a twist in a movie and the movie is going to continually give you hints all mm-hmm. throughout it, right? And this movie does that. There's a lot of hints that 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 he even because he's talked several times about the tragedies that have happened around there and stuff. I didn't like pick that. that up. So the whole time I'm thinking, man, Kyle, are you gonna are you gonna figure it out before the ending? And I'm like, please don't figure it out because it's just so much better when it's revealed yeah. to you in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, which I get so annoyed with people who try so hard to figure out an ending and then they're like, oh, I figured out the ending, yeah. so I'm like better than everybody else. Yeah. I'm like that's not the it's point. It's not a competition, of it. guys. Hey, Come guy, on. you know what? Get out of here. It's not our fault that you figured it out. <laughs> Just let the movie exist. Get absorbed in it. I think. Um, I mean, do you feel like this ending is dumb? Because I mean, that's that's I think the biggest issue with it. Yeah. Which I love it. I feel like I, it makes the whole movie. So coming into this blindly, I do not think this movie was dumb. It honestly surprised me yeah. the ending i was it was it was definitely a shocker so of, at what all right because i think the part that it wants you to really figure it out is just the realization that they've never touched yeah and so he's never seen the things yeah that he's done. when they high-fived i was like oh no or he did a handshake he's like this is the part where we oh shake yeah hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> friendship i think his fingers would have broken if they had high-fived yeah. And so, yeah. And he would, as he was picking the fingers up, he would see the flashback. That's like a mix of super and He's unbreakable. Picking the fingers up. But uh, anyway, if I had one major criticism of the ending, it would be the "Where are they now?" text that they show. Yeah, I don't think it needed it. Yeah, no. that. W- Can you only do? You only need to do that in a true story, or figure yeah. out a different way. Or Sandlot. Or yeah, yeah. That but was narration. That felt straight up sandlot for me i was 
Oh, I hate it. I was like, where are the PF flyers? <laughs> no, and that is true because I think I think the same thing with the opening. You know, now that I've mm-hmm. now that it's really fresh, I'm going. That literally had no point to the yeah. movie. It didn't add anything to it. It was a really kind of a dorky thing to even. Or um, my thing is, are we missing something? Is there a reason for that? There. How about this? The thing is, is that we know this movie. We know where it's come from. We live in a day and age where there's plenty of superhero movies, right? But you put yourself in M Night's shoes to back in 2000. Superhero movies movies have not done well, other than Batman, and that that was kind of a different thing. Yeah. Um. So you've got this movie, Unbreakable. Audiences have no idea what they're walking into. They're just thinking this is the guy who did Sixth Sense. Maybe they need a little bit of a preface. I don't yeah. know if that's the right one. <laughs> you know, there are billions of comic books sold every year in the world. I don't, I don't know about yeah. that, but you know, it's now I could see that being an, a reason to do that. Now, as a so the ending parts of where it shows Daniel or David mm-hmm. um, what he went on to do and what, what happened. does it say he went on to do? I forgot that. David? Yeah. He just told the cops yeah, pretty much. It didn't tell his backstory. Okay, it never said what he went to do. It yeah. did say what ended up happening to Elijah. Yeah, yeah he went to an insane asylum. He went to Arkham. Yeah. <laughs> I do have some cool, like, I, this is the cool trivia I found earlier uh, having to do with their names. Yeah. All right, so the name Elijah is a biblical reference. Mm-hmm. Elijah wa- was prophesied to return to earth to pave the way for the coming of the son of David, a savior. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yep. There you go. What about David? <laughs> Son of David. <laughs> I'm on a, I wonder if what, something's going to happen if, with the Son if, of David. Yeah, what if uh, the Son is the actual hero we find out in Glass? Oh, maybe. I could see that. I hope it's something like that. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I am worried about Glass. Me, oh yeah, me too. I'm I'm, I'm concerned. I'm con- uh, Yeah, I hate Glass. Glass. It's once it breaks, you get cut. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Oh my God. But the movie Glass, I'm also concerned about. <laughs> um, just because I could, I this works really well in the '90s and in the 2000s, but mm-hmm. the tendency is going to be to use less practical effects. So I'm a little concerned. Not, not only that, but Bruce Willis is 20 years older at this point. Yeah, he's grandpa. So he's and what has Willis. he been doing? You know, I mean, like. You know, what has he been doing the last 20 years? Are we going to see any of that? He, he Also, I think um, I think Shyamalan should get someone else to, to do the final draft <laughs> of the movie. He now, he, get, he killed... I think Unbreakable is really well written. I know Sixth Sense is really well written, I think, too. And, and um, Do you think in so, Glass, a char- like a main character will die? I don't know. I wonder think? if Samuel Jackson's going to be in Glass. That would be surprising too. But I feel like, why is it called Glass if it doesn't have him in it? Well, it could just be about his legacy. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Or he, um, or it could be like a Silence of the Lambs thing, where he goes like, um, he goes uh, to the asylum to get advice from uh, Glass. That's what I was thinking. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yes. And then see split too because we. We, uh, yeah, you gotta see that. I want to see it pretty soon. I'm gonna um, red box it. Probably yeah, won't. red box it. You should. You should though. It's really good. I just don't like those type of movies. <laughs> well, you you've seen a couple of Shyamalan's. I wouldn't say it's. I'd say it's a little bit scarier than both of those, but not by much. Yeah. More. I'm just really. So you say it's scarier than The Village. 
Yeah. Which I didn't yeah. think it was like super scary, but it was like, scary. it doesn't look like. Well, even in, even in like the village and even in this, to some degree, there are these subjects that you just don't in a certain entertainment, like these movies are more entertainment than they are serious. Yeah. So when you introduce themes like the whole story with Noah and stuff having autism and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then there's a level of that in Split, which I don't, not to spoil it too much, but there is a level of like kind of uh, child molestation. Okay. Like a theme within that. Mm-hmm. That um, That is really bizarre and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like that's actually the biggest issue I have with Split out of anything is that kind of thing, which it could be metaphorical to some degree, even with... There's a there's a way to watch Split where you're kind of reading into that aspect yeah. of it too because um, of kind of the horror that these three girls go through in the movie. So, um, which is which is it's really good though. I mean, it, the performance of James McAvoy is like incredible. Mm-hmm. So it's worth seeing just for that. You know, the, uh, you were asking what Inmate thought of this movie. Yeah, what, what did he think? It's his favorite movie of the ones he's made. I I I had a good feeling that it was like this i was it's, like this got to be his favorite movie yeah. that he's done it's um one of quentin tarantino's favorite movies too really yeah interesting it's cool it's really cool all right how about verdicts you want to get to verdicts sure all right so chris brought this movie knowing that he loves the movie kyle you want to go first you want me to go first oh man yeah i'll go first all right you go first all right so unbreakable mm-hmm. mm. it's a miracle that's all right. What, you know. <laughs> no. Uh, overall, I think it's a great movie. Yeah. I loved the story. The kind of anti-hero movie type. It wasn't. It wasn't humorous. Like it, it had its funny moments, but it wasn't over the top. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't Ant Man. It wasn't no, any. Not even close. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a Marvel movie. Mm. Basically. It was. Yeah. It's more of a drama yeah. than it is an action movie. Exactly. And I, I think that was a original and awesome take to this genre of movie. Yeah. You know, this Super story. Hero. And so overall, I think it was, I, I liked it. it mm-hmm. There wasn't anything wrong. He, I guess the one thing if I had to like pick something out would be the amount of scenes he shot with the reflection Mm -hmm. that just kind of got old to me like i i I really liked it i Mm -hmm. I liked the scenes and it kind of added a different level of um of interest yeah but overall it it was kind of there it was too much i guess yeah but um other than that everything else was spot on acting was amazing Mm -hmm. by every character yeah it was like even the child actors they weren't cheesy at all it mm-hmm. was on point and um yeah are we not know? guilty yeah i would 100% say 100% not guilty yeah not guilty i would i would <laughs> recommend this to someone i liked it 100% um and i'm going to even go a step further i think this movie is a masterpiece i think Jeez. not not <laughs> only that that i think that's probably the bigger crime than anything not only is it just shocking to me that it's not higher on the rating as far as Rotten Tomatoes goes. I think this movie is just it deserves to be legendary to some degree, mm-hmm. and that might be like piling it on, but I, that's just how I feel about it 
as far as cinematically, it's so good. The reveals are so good mm-hmm. and you're, you're glued to it the whole time. There are scenes where it's like, it could be kind of boring because there's like no music, no nothing, barely any speaking, but you learn something in every scene yeah. that you need to take with you to the ending. And I'm like, man, this is so well done and tight and the music mm-hmm. is incredible. And so, yeah, I think that's probably more my verdict than anything. I don't think it's just not Gilly. I think this is like, it's almost a crime that this movie's not more mm-hmm. more widely universal. Yeah, yeah. So are you saying that this is your favorite M. Night film? I'd say it is probably just because of the context of what's going on. Okay. Like the fact that it's a superhero movie and stuff like that. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And my inner uh, child, my inner 12-year-old or whatever is really you know, loved it and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so seeing it, you know, even as an adult, I relive, you know, when I saw it when I was younger constantly. Um, Sixth Sense is great too. Uh, Sixth Sense was really cool too. The reason why Sixth Sense is so good is because it makes you feel something outside of being afraid. Cause that's more of like kind of a quote unquote mm-hmm. horror movie, mm-hmm. but it, it it's so heavy in certain parts and the twist is so good that um and the way it's done is so well done it makes you relive the whole movie in a matter of seconds um that you know you're not going you're not walking away going oh that was a good horror movie it was like no that was just a great movie yeah because mm-hmm. i mean yeah it's like you said when you get like it's famous for its famous reveal um but what makes the twist so great is not only do you not see it coming but it just um, adds so many layers to the themes that were already introduced. Yeah. And yeah, it's not an evil like reveal. It's not an evil plot twist. It's mm-hmm. it's a sad plot twist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you've devoted like you had so much hope for this villain. You know, you wanted to see him redeem himself. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he was already too far gone. Yeah. yeah. Totally, man. All yeah. right. Uh, any final thoughts, Chris? Oh man, this is my first like 100% not guilty, isn't not it? 100%. No split decision here. You tri- oh, oh, that joke. Because split. Oh, not intended. Uh, I'm two M. Night Shyamalan movie films in to the franchise, and I dig it. Yeah. All right. I- I'm excited to see. Ooh, we need to watch Signs with you then. Yeah. I'm down. And split. I yeah. found a, a copy of Signs for two bucks at a thrift shop the other day. Sweet. In Moulin Rouge. Yep. Did you uh, buy Moulin Rouge? No. Good <laughs> Lord, no. I, I'm not going to waste money on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, that does it for us. The movie's not guilty. Uh, this is Alex. This is Kyle. And this is Chris. And what we're saying to you is these are some mediocre times we live in. And sh- friends don't shoot friends. Mm. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye.